The teaching of Jesus in today's gospel is a bit striking, isn't it? Those feelings of affection and loyalty that we spontaneously feel towards people that are closest to us, our father, mother, spouse, children, we take them usually as the most sacred thing in the world, as a kind of a universal sign of human goodness. So we wonder, why does Jesus create this contrast? If you don't love me more than your immediate family, you're not worthy of me. We might think, leave those natural affections alone. Faith is a good source of encouragement. It can add, an, it can add a nice aftertaste to the mix. But don't make it clash with other loves or affections. So why does Jesus say this? Well, first, I think it's important to clarify what Jesus is asking of us. I mean, is it, is it even realistic to ask for this? Can a love be commanded? Can we be asked to feel a certain way? Well, if by love we mean spontaneously liking something, no. We cannot be asked to do that. In that sense, it would seem impossible that God would ask us to feel for him more than we feel for my brother or my dad or my children and so on. But if what Jesus means here is that by love he understands a decision of how I'm going to act and what I will prioritize, making a decision to make God a priority, then that it is possible. And that's an important clarification. It's about what we are to do, what we are going to say, rather than forcing myself to feel a certain way, which cannot force that. But then you may think, well, what happens to my feelings then? Well, the surprising thing is that my feelings will usually follow my consistent behavior. You know, um, what, however they begin, if I go with my likings, they will increase. And if I go with my dislikes, they will increase too. You know, you start praying and reading the Bible out of curiosity and a desire to grow in faith, and then after a while, you realize you like it more than you expected. It works the other way also. You feel angry when you see your in-laws posting all these things on social media. And you think, oh, I can't take this anymore. I'm going to tell them what I think, right? Well, the anger is not going to go down if you do that. <laughs> My dislike of them is going to keep growing. So I cannot control how I feel spontaneously, but... If I, depending on how I act towards those likes or dislikes, they will grow or they will diminish. Now, going to the kernel of why Jesus says this kind of contrast, I think the answer is, it's not really something unfair to our families. It would be unfair to place something else above my father and mother and sister and spouse and so on. If I put you know, money or entertainment or popularity above my family, that, that would be an injustice. But giving to God what belongs to God in this area actually helps me to love this, my, my immediate family in a better way. 
or look at it from this angle. Loving father, mother, children more than God means that I am asking them to be in the place of God. I am telling them, basically, you are a sort of God for me. And that's a very unnatural position for someone to be in. You know, if my spouse or my daughter has to be like God for me, that's a lot of pressure. It's very, very difficult, you know, to, to perform and to do things right. I'm asking from them something they cannot give. And so it usually ends up being a, a sort of dehumanized relationship. It doesn't make that affection grow better. It actually twists us in a, very, in a, in a poor way. So if I want to keep those relationships in balance, the Lord says, invite me to be the center. Put me at the center of your heart. Place me above everything else. And when, you, when that happens, when you put God at the center, when you put Christ as the first priority, what he does is that he, does, he orders all our loves. This is something St. Augustine would say a lot. He will order and create the right order of love in my heart so that he will demote other identities and relationships without effacing them, without taking them away. If you're American or Latina or a teacher or a lawyer or a husband or a daughter, and you become Catholic, you will still have those identities and you will still have those relationships. But your greatest pride is who you are in Christ. That's the center. And it takes any national, racial, racial, vocational pride down a notch. So what Jesus has done so far is tell us how we are supposed to live. This is the way we're supposed to live. Place me at the center of your heart. Accept your daily cross and allow me to order your affections. And then in the next verses, he's, he gonna, he's gonna start to outline what the outcome is like, what happens next. Whoever receives me, whoever receives you, excuse me, receives me. And the one who receives me receives the one who sent me, the Father. That means, basically, you will be able to become a, an instrument of God if you do that. God will start to shape you in such a way, and we start to reorder your heart in such a way, that God will be able to act through you. You'll become like a superconductor of the Holy Spirit. You know, God will be able to bless other people through what you do. You know how it is at times when you're watching a movie, and it's a really good movie, that you really get into it. You get into the story, and for maybe a few hours, you know, you start feeling like you're living in that fictional world. And it's, you know, it's, it's amazing. But you know in the back of your mind that it's not real, that at some point you will come back to real life, right? But you, maybe you wish you, it was a true world. Well, what's fascinating about the gospel is that it is real. When you start getting into the gospel, it's not a world of fiction. When you place God at the center and he orders your affections, the world, the everyday life and the world of the gospel start to merge. 
and come together. And when that happens, the outcome is impressive. You start to do things that you thought you were unable to do because God is acting through you. Let me give you an example of how it happened to me or it happens to me at times. You know, in my formation in the St. John Society, when I, well, when I began, I realized I had to change a lot of things that were part of my personal culture, so to say. You know, I was very self-centered in many ways. I maybe liked some intellectual topics that didn't quite connect with what people needed to hear. Uh, or I wasn't very flexible in many, many things. I, I pr always preferred to dive deep into one thing, do one thing at a time, and not to face many fronts. Some of those th things may not be bad ones, but I realized that if I was to become a priest, I had to change many of those. And I, I was trained, I was formed. You need to start transforming my heart. I cannot be uncritical toward, towards those tendencies. And I cannot, I cannot tell you how many times I saw the fruit of dying to myself in those things in a very strange way. For example, people would come to me and compliment me in ways that were humbling because they would say, you know, you, you act in such a selfless way or you preach these things that are really relevant to me or I, I am amazed at how you can tackle so many things and people are saying all these nice things to me and I'm thinking, if you only knew <laughs> how unlike me that is, how completely opposed to who I am all those things are and I can only manage to do these things because I have to unlearn, unlearn a lot of things and relearn them. It's not me. It's, it's what Christ has done in me, really. It's being complimented exactly on, on your weaknesses, you know. Well, that's what happens when you allow Christ to reshape a lot of things in your life. And, and I, I see the impact precisely that those things have today in my priesthood, in our ministry, the different things we do. And I'm very grateful. I have no regrets. I never think, oh, I wish I would be more like myself in the beginning. So take these things as a practical tool to reflect on your own experience of these things. For example, reflect on how you can shape your feelings. Maybe it has already happened to you that you started with a dislike. I don't like this person. But then in prayer realized, but Christ wants me to give that person a chance. And maybe now you really came to appreciate that person in your life. Or maybe there's something you really liked and you thought you would never overcome a certain temptation. And through God's grace, you were able to overcome. And is there something like that that Jesus wants you to tackle today? Maybe there's a like or a dislike that he wants you to foster or kind of fight against. It's in your decision. He can reshape, he can reorder your loves if you act accordingly. And then a second thing to reflect on is, have you seen in yourself or in other people the fruit of following Christ's lead? Have you seen in yourself or in other people the fruit, the blessing of following Christ's lead? Jesus says to us, you know, if you take up your cross and you allow me to reshape who you are, if you prioritize me above everything else, I will make you my chosen instrument and I will bless others through you.